Hola, amiga. I believe the only way to create a life of your dreams is by taking massive action that makes shit happen. Basically, amiga, handle your shit. Yes, I said that. Handle your shit. Stop playing small and start breaking down cultural limitations, gain back your feminine power, and become the unapologetic and unstoppable Latina you were destined to be. This show is meant to inspire, motivate, and awaken your soul's potential. You will learn from business professionals, successful entrepreneurs, and creatives that will teach you mental corrections, insider tips, success strategies, and of course, a dose of personal development. I am your host, Jackie Tapia, lawyer, transformational life coach, and entrepreneur. I am also a wife and mom to a little badass Latina. I'm obsessed with changing the Latina's mindset and breaking down cultural barriers so that you can live your best life and step into your true power and start living a life of abundance in all ways and always. Join me for inspiring conversations with thought leaders and learn how to handle your shit. ¿Estás lista? Vámonos. Hello, 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 amigas, and welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. Okay, I'm so, so, so excited because I get to introduce this beautiful soul. Her name is Andrea Navedo. Okay, amigas, you've heard of her. And I had the fabulous opportunity to meet her in person. Even before I met her in person, she had said yes to be on this podcast. And I am extremely grateful to our beautiful friend, Marilyn, who is the CEO and founder of Latinas and Power. So I was at a symposium not too long ago. And this is where I got to meet Andrea Navedo. And you ladies, I know, have heard about her. So we're going to get right to it. So let me tell you a little bit about her. Andrea Navedo didn't get to see many positive portrayals of Latinas in the media growing up. So when she had the chance to play a starring role on Jane the Virgin, a role that cast her as a complex, flawed, and genuine Latina single mother, she jumped all over that opportunity. So in Our Otherness is Our Strength, Wisdom from the Boogie Down Bronx, she shares bits of her story of growing up in the South of Bronx, Boogie Down Burning, to inspire young people who grew up like she did and who, after being counted out, still strive to succeed. Expanding on her beloved commencement address to DeWitt Clinton High School, Navedo offers the honest and all times laugh out loud funny lessons she learned from surviving abusive relationships, dealing with repeated rejections, and eventually triumphing in the entertainment industry. For all who wish to take the reins on their own lives, especially in the face of hardship, trauma, discrimination, and inner doubts, Navedo's reflections, confessions, memories, and most of all, hard-earned lessons help us realize our ghetto is the breeding ground for our self-actualization. Our otherness is our strength. 
So amigas, go out and purchase this book from Andrea Navedo, who is a Bronx born and raised Puerto Rican American. There's this uh, really bad reputation from publishers that Latinos don't read. And that is their hesitation in publicizing our books. So amigas, go out there, pre-order this book. It is amazing. You will not regret it. I learned a lot from Andrea and this episode is going to just add to your experience with her. So make sure you go out and pre-purchase The Otherness is Our Strength, Wisdom from the Boogie Down Bronx by Andrea Navedo. Hello, 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 amigas, and welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. Okay. Oh, my God. I am so, so, so honored to have this beautiful soul here with us. Her name is Andrea Navedo, and... Amigas, you have seen her and you're going to, oh my God, I can't wait to talk more and more and more about it. So here's the thing, Amigas from Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. You know, I bring a lot of beautiful souls onto this program. And the one of the blessings that I have that God has granted me is the ability to meet these incredible souls. And I had this beautiful opportunity to meet Andrea in person not too long ago at a beautiful Latinas and Power Symposium. And this is the power of connection, of proximity, and about empowering. And let me tell you something. I heard Andrea's keynote speech, and I was like, wow, what an incredible soul. She has done so much, not only in her life, but in the public eye and continues to move mountains, amigas. And so here's the thing. She went from one life to live to Jane the Virgin and now to being an author of this beautiful memoir. It's called Our Otherness is Our Strength, Wisdom from the Boogie Down Bronx. And I'm so excited that she's here to talk about all of the things but especially about this new book that she has. And so, Andrea, welcome, welcome, welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. Thank you. I'm, I'm excited to be here. And I, I've listened to your podcast, and um, especially with the one with Marilyn. And I was very excited to get to talk with you, too. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Thank you so much. So, Amigas, okay, so let me say something. We all know Jane the Virgin. I saw that program, and I fell in love with your character. I thought, wow, this is a true Latina. The portrayal you had of Xiomara was mm -hmm. just so excellent, so pure, so wonderful, and such a positive role model. And mm -hmm. so I want to talk a little bit about that because I know that the reason we're here is because of your book. But I know it, I would be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about Jane the Virgin and how that came about. No, and, and and actually Jane the Virgin makes complete sense when we're talking about the book too, because Jane the Virgin is part of the journey of my life. And it was a huge part in my life. Like it was just groundbreaking for me in my life and really was a trajectory for me to get ahead. I think uh, whoever ends up reading the book, if they're Jane the Virgin fans, they will love those sections of the book. Yes. And so let's let's talk a little bit about the start of your book. What was your inspiration? Why now? Well, I had been invited to give the commencement speech at my high school alma mater, Dewey Clinton in the Bronx. 
here it was, I accepted it. And here I was coming 30 years later after having graduated. And what was I going to say to these kids? <laughs> you know, here are these very same kids, black and brown kids sitting in those seats that I had been sitting in 30 years prior. And I imagined what it might be like to be them because I remember and looking at someone who seems to have made it in some way, shape or form. Maybe I might not have been able to relate or I might not have been able to see a pathway from me to that podium, whatever success would be for each person. And so what I tried to do was come up with stories in my life that I thought that they could relate to anywhere from seeing violence or seeing drug addiction or, or things like that. You know, I, br I brought up some of these things in my speech because I thought that I'm pretty sure they either went through it or I saw it at some point in their lives growing up in, in an urban section, an urban place. So I wanted to have them be able to feel like they could relate to me and then paint a path to show some of my struggles, but how I got over them. All of that to say, uh, having affected over uh, a body of over 220 kids and a lot of kids came up to me afterwards saying, thank you so much for sharing your story. I saw myself in that story. You know, it excited me. And, and when I got the opportunity to write a book, talking with the editor, she had seen the commencement speech and she said, that's a book. I thought, yes, because here was my opportunity to have hopefully a positive impact on more people than just the people I was speaking to at the commencement speech. Oh my God. I was reading your book and just all the things that has happened. And mm -hmm. so let's get into one of the chapters that I thought, wow, this woman is incredible. And as you said that you created this book and you're highlighting the stories of your life. And yes. so one of the chapters that, I mean, I believe that resonates with a lot of women out there is be the captain of your ship. And this mm -hmm. is when you talk about Marco. Yes. I really want at least a, a sneak peek about this because I, when reading your book, I felt like that was a pivotal moment. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> so let's talk about that. Yes. Well, I, you know, growing up, I saw violence, particularly violence against my mom by my stepfather. And that was, you know, a traumatic experience. And I've worked through a lot of that in therapy, but also there was some abuse towards me as well. So this was sort of like the norm to me. And so when I got into a romantic relationship, I was here trying to be in love with this boy, Marco. I was 14 at the time he was 16. And I was trying to like, just get the love that I needed at the time, subconsciously, right? And so to me, when he started to become abusive with me physically, I thought, okay, well, I guess this is what happens in relationships and we will just have to figure it out. But I was only 14. I was in that relationship for two years till I was 16. And I was also having sex unpro um, unprotected and all these other things. And so there was a series of events and one of them comes up in, in the book uh, around a pit bull. His, he had two pit bulls. I realized that I had to make a change. Like one of the things that I didn't bring up in the book, because there were several stories. There was one time that I had a physical fight with Marco, like a physical drag down knockout. No <laughs> I mean, way. You know, and I it was like, we're trying to decide what stories to put in the book. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it had gotten to the point where 
I couldn't take it anymore. Like I was like, there was a part of me that was like coming up that was was saying, no, this is unjust. This is not right. I deserve better. And I had been taking in so much, so much, so much. And there was just one day that I clicked in my head and I went, no more. I'm not putting up with this shit. And so he was sicking his dog on me. He had the dog on a leash and was sicking his dog on me, trying to threaten me with the dog. And so then I ended up having to tell him, you're so tough. You need a dog to put your woman in her place. I had to do this whole like psychological thing. And I'm here, I'm 16 years old. Oh my God. Did you take any psychological? No, I don't know. <laughs> it was like survival, you know, like yeah. in survival instinct. And I, and I said, oh, you, you should lock your dog up because, you know, because you can't handle your woman, whatever. And so he goes, I'll lock my dog up. So he locks the dog up and he comes back and he starts poking me in my head. What you going to do now? What you going to do? You're so tough, blah, blah, blah. And I lost my shit. No. I literally, I just attacked him. We were fighting in a ball. He could not get him off. I, he couldn't get me off of him. Like the, I was so enraged, like every feeling, everything I had seen growing up and everything that I experienced with him. And I just, I let it all out in that moment. So that was one of the two incidents that happened. The other incidents is in the book. Oh that I just said, I need to change my life. I don't want to settle for this. I don't want to be a statistic. I don't want to continue what I see around me. I need to change and I need to take responsibility and be the captain of my ship. Yes. <laughs> and you sure did. My God. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know you're Latina and I know they say, oh, you cater the woman and whatnot, but there are men out there that are violent and assholes and just you know, male chauvinist, right? Mm-hmm. Like just like ready posturing, make taunting you. And I love that you bring this up because uh, for any amiga out there who is in that kind of situation, that there mm-hmm. is help. So you had all the power and wisdom and you say enough is enough. You got out. But for those amigas that can't get out, what's your advice? My goodness. Well, one of the points that I was going to bring up around Amiga, how does this Amiga handle her shit? <laughs> well, this Amiga handles her shit by going to therapy. <sighs> Honestly, therapy is my go-to be-all and end-all. I've been going to therapy on and off, but majority of the time since college. When I got into college, finally, I was in a relationship with a great guy, but I I kept doing things to sort of sabotage it. He wasn't abusive or anything like that. So I had stopped picking anyone like that. Good for me on that, on that regard. But at the same time, I was still sabotaging our relationship because I couldn't really accept kind of goodness and coming towards me. Like, you know, and so subconsciously I was doing things to like have a fight and be defensive and all these things. And he said, Andrea, you need counseling. <laughs> And I said, you know what? I do. Yeah. You're right. And I went and I found a counseling department in college and I saw this woman for two years. And then when I graduated, I was graduating. I said, I still need a lot of work. Yeah. She had been so helpful. And I, I go, can you recommend somebody to me? And so she ended up recommending, she says, I have two people in mind, one female and one male which would you prefer? And I said, oh, definitely female. And she goes, okay, well, I think that both of these therapists that I have to recommend would be excellent, but I honestly think you would be better off with the male therapist. 
And I was like, why? And she goes, because your issues are with a Latino male. Mm. You're not going to be able to get away from the issues in the room. And was she ever right? I trusted her and I, I said, okay. And I saw this Puerto Rican therapist for over six years. And it was huge for me, huge healing process. It took me two years to talk about the sexual abuse that I experienced with my stepfather. And um, I even, now I want to share this because some people, I, I know some people will say, they can't afford therapy. And I don't know what all the resources are, but there are resources. So I want to say this is that at the time, and you know, I don't know how it would work out now, but I'm sure there's a way where there's a will, there's a way. I didn't have health insurance and I was working part-time, supporting myself, having my own apartment and pursuing an acting career. I couldn't afford his fee. I think his fee was like $70 an hour at the time. So what he did was he reduced it to $40 an hour which was incredible. He did not have to do that. But I think because he saw my commitment to therapy and then also there were times where I couldn't pay. I was like, Dr. Mijan, I, I don't, I, I, I don't have the money. He goes, don't worry about it. You'll pay me. You'll pay me. And I go, really? He goes, you'll pay me. And I go, okay. And then like, eventually what would, I mean, I was religious every week I would show up and do the, the hard work, Woo! very hard work. And then I would go, two months or three months will go by. I'm going for free. And then I would book an acting job and I'm writing that check right away. Here you go. And I did that many, many times throughout the six years. So I'm sharing that to say is that there are resources. There are ways to get around what it would cost for therapy. But I think therapy is a huge, huge tool in getting ahead and being a happier person. I mean, we'll never be 100% happy, but if I didn't do therapy and work on myself and all of the trauma that has happened and I'm still, I'm still a work in progress, still working on it. I don't think my life would look and reflect what, how beautiful it is. I think I have a beautiful life and I, I still struggle with insecurities or bouts of sadness and things like this. But in general, I look around and I, and I look at the people in my life and I go, holy moly, that's because of the, all the work that I did and all the choices that I made, all the pivots that I made. Yeah, I made, maybe I made a mistake, but then I pivot, I catch myself and I pivot and go in another direction. And therapy is was just huge for that. Oh my God, absolutely. I, I agree completely with you. And it's, it's so taboo in the Latino community, right? Because they're yeah. like, I, no, yo no estoy, no estoy loca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not crazy. And it's like, no, it's not for the crazies. This is for, it's for the mental, same. Yeah, for the same, for the, your mental wellness, right? I think, I think it's a sane decision to make when you decide to explore your the inner workings of your mind. That's one of the most sane things you could do. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so speaking of the same things that you could do and just the trajectory of your life as an actor, I know you're such a positive role model for Latinas. And you play such amazing roles. And, and now with your book, you're sharing all these stories. And I can't express enough how there is the power of manifestation and how you witness an actress on a TV set years <laughs> ago wearing these amazing jeans and uh -huh. now full circle comes into your life. I didn't want to like, you know, I want you to share that oh, with us because it's so cool. It's so neat, I guess. <laughs> so when I was little, I watching TV, uh, Brooke Shields, the famous model and actress, 
was was just hitting the scene and she became really popular with the Calvin Klein designer jeans. And I just thought she was so beautiful and I wanted to be her. I, I wanted to be just like her, but I didn't see that as an opportunity for myself. And, you know, I was Latina, living in the hood, on welfare, growing up under adverse low economic conditions, like it didn't seem like there were a lot of options for me, especially being an actress or a model didn't seem to be an, op an option. But, you know, I, I kind of, there was always a part of me that was just like, a I had this like drive. <laughs> I think that was kind of like where the title comes from is that uh, our otherness is our strength, meaning that being the other, not being part of the mainstream or the majority, or for me, it was being Latina, Brown from the Bronx, it made me, instead of it breaking me, I, cho I chose to let it make me, right? This is what I tried to, to share with people is that I chose to let all of the challenges that came along with being the other, not being part of the majority, I chose to let it make me strong. I chose to let it make me hungry and have drive and tenacity and just keep going, like just don't give up kind of kind of attitude. And I think that that has helped me to be successful in whatever I do. I have to say that I, there's a part of me <laughs> that cringes a little bit when I say that, when I say, oh, to be successful or like to 100% own it because I'm still a work in progress. I'm still kind of working through my, my shit. <laughs> um, and it's really hard for me. Um, I'm going to digress now. I'm going to digress a little bit. So you oh, yeah, got absolutely. the keynote speech, right? In the keynote speech, I say... I was the other, blah, blah, blah. And then I come to this place of, but now I am an award-winning actress, producer, published writer. And what I'm most proud of is I'm a damn good mom. Now I've been working with a, a speech coach. And so we were collaborating on that speech. And she said to me in our collaboration, Andrea, I want you to tell me what, who are you? What are you? And I was like, I, I don't know. What do you mean? Well, I could go on Google and look it up. And I'm like, yeah. And she goes, well, tell me what your accomplishments are. And I was like, uh, uh and I was like struggling with it. So then I said to her, I can call my boyfriend. He'll tell you all the wonderful things about me. And she goes, Andrea, you need to be able to say it. You need to be able to own it 100%. And it just was like such a struggle for me to feel like I was kind of being boastful or like, oh, I'm so great or I'm this, I'm that. I'm still working on that one in therapy. <laughs> well, you know what? I mean, to be quite honest, as Latinos, they teach us not to be boastful. Yeah. Like there were things like, I mean, I remember as a, as a child, someone saying to my mother, oh, your daughter's so beautiful. And she goes, don't tell her that. Oh, I know. <laughs> you know, don't say that. She's going to get her, her head. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. And so that gets stuck in our subconscious. Exactly. Yeah. And then we kind of hold ourselves back, right? So it's just, it's a big deal for me to say those words. It's a huge deal. Like I had to, and I still, there's a little part of me that's going, <laughs> here's the thing is I want to freaking own it. I want to. And the reason why I'm sharing that is because I'm sure that there are other ladies out there who uh, have this voice that tell them they're less than or not as smart or not enough or all those things, right? I mean, I definitely have that. 
you know, I think I'll always have it, but I want to get to that point where I'm like, you know what, just own it more. Just like kind of just take the reins in that sense, right? Just take the reins and go, mm, no, this is mine. I earned it. I busted my ass for it and it's mine. And yeah, I am a goddamn award-winning actress. Shit. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, you are. As you said, it's really challenging. I mean, I know for me, it's also like, yeah, you're a lawyer. Okay. And you do this and you do that and your mom, blah, 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 blah. and it's really difficult to own up to it. Yeah. You, you know, know that you are, because then that allows us to give ourselves permission. Exactly. That's why I share it. That's why I share a lot of things like that, because I want to help particularly ladies and ladies of color off the hook, mm. meaning like I envision us as if we were a fish with a hook in our caught in our lip or mouth. And we're just struggling and we're struggling trying to survive. And it was just like, you know what? You could stop and just take it out. Yeah. And then you got a little wound. It's okay. But you can tend to yourself and you can give yourself permission. When I say let yourself off the hook, give yourself permission to do something that you're scared of or to do something that people tell you you can't do or that you tell yourself you can't do. Give yourself permission to go to therapy or to go work out or to do whatever the good things are for you in your life to get you ahead. It's okay. Give yourself permission to not pay attention to your kids today. Yeah. <laughs> Give yourself permission to say, you sorry, kids, I love you. I'm going to the gym. You know? Yeah. Like, mommy needs to take care of herself. If mommy doesn't take care of herself, she can't be there for you. Yeah. You, know? you heard it, amigas. <laughs> we got to really pour into ourselves first. And then mm. we can live in overflow so that then we can give it to our family, to our friends, to our kids, to our neighbors. That's how we get depleted. And in our culture, they teach us the opposite. Give, 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 give self-sacrificing. Yeah. The other thing is, I think it's important to lead by example. I think to show our children how, like, show my kids know I go to therapy my kids saw me going out to write on work on that book. Bye guys. I'm going to the coffee shop. And that was like for over a year. Okay. I'm leaving. Okay. Bye. I love you. Okay. I'm going to work on the book. Okay. I'm going to work on the book. I'm going to work on the book. I'm going to work on the book. You know? Okay. I'm going to the gym. I'm going to do yoga right now. So don't knock on the door. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's important for your children to see that. Absolutely. And I, and I know that in one of your chapters called represent, I feel like you coming here and telling us you're representing your Latinidad mm. in, in a different look, not the sacrifice, put yourself last. You're representing what Latinas should be. Let's put ourselves first and then pour over to everybody else. And I feel like you representing us as a community. I'm so honored. Oh you're, my gosh. Thank you. <laughs> you're a beautiful soul. Um, you've accomplished so much in your life. And now you're this author who is, oh my God, handling her shit. <laughs> exactly. Because what's the alternative? That's the thing. What is the alternative when you don't take responsibility? When you just let life happen to you? What's the alternative? Then you'll, you're, you're living these songs that are unsung. You're like, you're going to your grave with regret. Oh my God. That is the worst feeling to me. Yeah. Oh, and I have some regret in my life, but for the most part, I don't, I've had like to, there's been times when I've out of fear, held myself back, didn't do things at a certain amount of time could go by, even years could go by. 
But then it gets to the point where I'm like, you know what? I am sick and tired of my own BS and my own holding myself back and my own whatever, including this book is one of those. For years, I wanted to write a book. I didn't think I could. I didn't think I was smart enough. I didn't think I'd be tenacious enough to see it through to the end. And I got so sick of that. I got so sick of those voices telling me that I couldn't. I just said, no, I'm going to figure this out somehow. Yeah. And you sure did. Can you explain to us for any of those ladies that want to write a book, like what, what was your process? Did you hire a coach to help you out? So initially I wanted to write uh, to hire a coach. Um, so I was looking to, I was like, you know what? I'm going to put 10,000. I'll put up to $10,000. I'm going to get me a professional writing coach, not someone to write it for me, but I needed someone like a personal trainer, you know, like someone who's holding me accountable, hold my hand, kind of guide me, point me in the right direction, give me advice, whatever. How do you even start this damn thing? <laughs> you know, it's like completely, how do you even start? <laughs> so I threw, I reached out to some contacts and one of them, her name is Sonia White. She's, um, I guess in a way, like a life coach, but she's also a connector of people. Like she's just, and her company's called Dream Development. I said, Sonia, email, Sonia, I'm looking for a writing coach. Do you, can you recommend anyone? Well, what do you want to write about? Well, my first, the first book, because I got end up getting a two book publishing deal, but the first book I wanted to write about is called Listening to My Parts. And it's based on the therapy that I've done and this concept of different parts. So I explained that and she gets back to me. I'm going to introduce you to this editor. I've sent her the link to your commencement speech. So that happened. And I end up meeting with this woman. Her name is Adrian Ingram with Broadleaf Books. I told her my idea about the book. And then she goes, I saw your commencement speech. I think that could be a book too. Can I pitch you to my company? Sure. Okay. Not expecting anything. Um, and so then after three rounds of pitches, I'm all of them getting greenlit. They came to me with a two book publishing deal and they were offering me money on top of that. Like, I'm like, what? <laughs> offering me more than I was willing to pay. And so then what happens was, Adrian ended up being my writing coach. Mm. And so we would meet once a week. The beginning part, which I think a lot of people might find interesting is she wanted me to go through anything I've ever written, like speeches I've given, some of my own writing, like I did on my own, because she needed like writing examples to show the, the publishing company. And nothing was like particularly polished. This was just me doing my thing. And then um, she goes, I want you to go through everything you've ever written and then pull out takeaways. Just come up with all the takeaways that you can put and create a table of contents up to a hundred like titles or takeaways. And from there, we started to hone in and kind of limit it to 20 takeaways. And then she said, you know, and every week it was like write one or two stories based on each takeaway. And we did that for over a year or about a year's time. And then she goes, Andrew, I think there's enough. I think you've written enough. I think that we have a book. Let's start carving it out and breaking it down. And what, you know, what is the message and the, 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 this. And yeah, so anyway, that was the process. But it was like every week I met with her on Tuesday on Zoom. And, uh, and during the week I was off on my own at the coffee shop doing my homework Yes. And then I sent it to her ahead of time. So that way on Tuesday, she'd already read it. And then we talk again. Well, yeah. that's handling your shit. You put in the time and just get it done. I'm so grateful that you did that because yeah. now we have this beautiful book that mm -hmm. we get to talk about here. And I'm just so, so in love with you. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> 
And I know that we have so much to talk about, but I know that we're limited in terms of time here. But mm-hmm. I really want to make sure that is there anything you want amigas to know about you and about this book that we haven't discussed already? Well, I I would just say that I think this book is for anyone who is looking for some inspiration or motivation to get ahead in their lives, especially for women of color who um, maybe want to see themselves in an inspirational book. A lot of inspirational books are written by our white counterparts and nothing against them, or even our our black counterparts, right? Because Les Brown comes to mind and, and Lisa Nichols. I love those two, right? Jan Levanzan, another favorite. But, you know, I don't think that there's a lot that are, are on the map really or kind of in the forefront by Latinas. I think that your viewership will be able to see themselves in these some of these stories and see a, a pathway for themselves to get ahead in the world and just to feel good about themselves and to love themselves. Because that's really what's most important to me. Absolutely. I love that. And we're definitely going to put a link in our show notes to your book so that Thank they can you. go out and buy it because I think it's so important. Such a lovely book. And I know we already discussed one tip on how an amiga can handle her shit. Do you want to share another one? Because I know self, you know, therapy is important. Yes. Is there another, sure. another tip? I have so many, but um, one of them, and this is so practical. One of the ways I deal with my own shit and the shit going on in my head (laughs) is I journal and I've been journaling for years and I don't journal necessarily every day. When I'm going through a very hard time, I tend to carve out a lot more time for the journaling in the morning because I need it. Like, so I try to do it first thing or like right after I have my sent my kids off and I just need quiet time with my coffee and my, I light a candle and I play some music and I journal for at least a half an hour. That has been a huge healing tool for me. I truly believe in, in the power of journaling and writing. And Mm -hmm. it is very cathartic. And I can imagine when you wrote this book, also going back to those memories because you get to excavate because you think like, Oh, I already handled that. But then you go back and you're like, wait a minute. No, these patterns keep coming up. Exactly. Thank you so much for sharing that because I think it's super important. And amigas know this because I'm all about let's journal, let's meditate, let's pray, let's do all those things. And and sometimes people will like be like, oh, that's so silly. No, it's not silly. It's actually a gift, a mm-hmm. gift that you get to do. All right, amigas, you heard it here. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get started writing and really honoring ourselves through either therapy or from writing. Right, amiga? Yeah, absolutely. Super grateful for you to be here on Amiga Handle Your Shit, Andrea. And I hope that we could do this again. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm grateful, I'm grateful that you are doing, you're creating, you've created a forum like this for ladies to get some wisdom and inspiration and motivation because we need that. We need to all support each other. So thank you for, for taking the time to do this. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love this. I mean, I, I'm like, if I could do this every day, I'd be ha- a happy camper. I just, I need to eat though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you got to pay the bill. I get it. <laughs> bueno, amiga, muchísimas gracias. So and, and um, I look forward to seeing you again. And I look forward to the second book. 
Yes. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Amiga Handle Your Shit Podcast. If anything resonates with you today, please share it with your friends and subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to share it on Instagram, Facebook, and other social media platforms. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at www.amigahandleyourshit.com. Thank you so much for listening. Gracias y hasta la próxima.